Welcome to the Grounded in Wisdom podcast, where we dive deep into our personal stories that have transformed us and discover the unexpected journeys we take along the way. I'm your host, Annalyn Cruz, a dream life and leadership coach, space holder, and storyteller. I guide women and BIPOC leaders on their journey toward healing their inner critic, connecting to what they truly love, and confidently becoming the best version of themselves. In each episode, we'll explore the most challenging moments in life and the incredible stories of people who have emerged stronger and wiser. We'll uncover the hidden gems of wisdom, the profound lessons, and the extraordinary transformations that arose from adversity and the unexpected challenges that life throws our way. Whether you're facing a personal setback, searching for inspiration, or simply curious about the triumphs of the human spirit, this podcast is for you. So get ready to be inspired, uplifted, and empowered as we embark on this transformative journey together. Welcome back, everybody. It's my honor and privilege to introduce a very special guest, Dr. Glenn de Guzman. Glenn believes that equitable access to quality education is foundational for people to learn, dream, and thrive. For over 25 years, Glenn has helped students achieve their dreams through a myriad of higher education roles and functions that includes residential life, conference services, student life activities, student unions, cultural centers, campus conduct, and leadership and diversity centers. Glenn has also concurrently held various adjunct and lecturer roles teaching undergrad and graduate level courses on topics in higher education and ethnic studies. Glenn has delivered hundreds of keynotes and trainings for national and international institutions, popularized by his creative, humorous, and passionate approaches to teaching and facilitation. Glenn currently lives in his hometown of Livermore, California, where he enjoys staying active, playing soccer and tennis, attending Comic-Cons, which he's actually doing right now as we're recording this episode, watching his kids compete in Taekwondo, and traveling with his lovely wife, Vanessa, who is also a close friend of mine, for over 20 plus years. Welcome, welcome. And I have to say, gotta let the listeners know that Glenn and I have known each other for almost as long as Vanessa and him have known each other. So Glenn knew me as an 18 year old freshman, <laughs> raw -o, at UCSB. <laughs> so Glenn knows a lot of stories of me from way back in the day, back in my youth. And he is just someone who has played such a pivotal role in my life, not only in my career, but in my own personal and identity development. You know, I always looked at Glenn like my, my older brother, Kuya, as we would say in Tagalog. And I just, I, I love him dearly. It's so special to have him on the podcast to share a part of his story with you. And I just want to say welcome to the Grounded Wisdom Podcast, Glenn. Thank you for being here. I'm so happy to be here. Um, great talking to you, Annalyn. Yeah. 
So we have known each other for quite a long time. And I know, you know, over the past, gosh, what has it been now? Um, oh my mm. God, almost close to 30 years. 30 years. I think, a, yeah, a little I, think bit. I think we're closing in on 30. We're so, closing in on 30. Oh and my I gosh. Think, mm-hmm. And 30 years of dirt. Yes, I have a lot of dirt on you, but, <laughs> but you also have a lot of dirt on me. So I think that um, this is true. <laughs> well, I know that in our almost 30 years of being friends and being, you know, friends who have become family, family, as our loving friends Scott and Christina would would say, mm-hmm. you know, we we've dipped in and out. You know, there were times that we were, you know in touch for you know for a long time and then we kind of dropped off as you know friendships kind of do and I remember there was a moment in time where you know we had lost touch for a little bit and I know during that time is when your rubble moment or moments have happened um, during that time period and and again, it could have been one or one or two different circumstances or incidents. But paint us a picture a little bit of what was going on for you during that yeah. time. Wow, that's a very good question. And and when I think about mm-hmm. rebel moments um, in my life, I think I, I go back to 2019. Um, so this is just before the pandemic hit. And, um, you know, obviously, I I always felt like, you know, things were going well. Um, I remember like the last time before we, uh, even, you know, going back just a little bit, I remember the last time we hung out. um, I don't know if you remember, we were poolside at a club um, sharing a a bottle of of wine, just chilling, just Mm -hmm. talking about life. And then there was a big drop off. I didn't get to talk to you for a long time. And a big part of that occurred because a lot of things happened personally in my life that, was very difficult to talk about. Um, it started with um, my my partner, my wife, uh, uh, almost twenty five years, um, Vanessa. Uh, you know, she was very very active person. She would be, she you know, you knew this. She runs marathons. She did like mm-hmm. Tinkerbell runs, double dipsies. You know, San Francisco marathon type of runs. And she was in great shape, but she started to slow down. Like her body was starting to break down. And she was just saying, oh, it's because of the age. And, you know, and, and I wouldn't question that because, heck, I'd never run a marathon. I don't think I can ever run a marathon. But right. But what was happening was Vanessa was actually um, was had a heart condition that she was she didn't know. Um, and her heart started to um, something was going wrong. And over during 2019, it could have been even the end of 2018, um, I just stuff started popping up in our house. Um, uh, her patients, um, she already had like, uh, the, and you know her, she had a fiery, fiery temper. And we used to make fun of her and joke about that. But the fiery temper started becoming really kind of out of control. And it was impacting not only um, me, but the kids and my mom-in-law, my, Vanessa's mom, who lives with us. And so, but it was sort of like, you know, she's just tired, just, you know, just going through stuff. But what was happening was her her heart was starting to not do well. Um, as we got to the end of 2019, um, it was really evident all of a sudden. She would walk, she couldn't barely walk 
down the block. Um, there are times when she fell down um, and we knew something was up, uh, you know, and, but you know, it took a little bit of time. We finally went to the hospital, um, you know, and they code rented her at the hospital. Um, and um, I won't go into the details of that, but when you get code rented at a hospital, it means you're going to the, like the emergency room. Um, and it really turned our life upside down. Um, and then we discovered during that past year, there was a lot of things that Vanessa managed in her household that was really difficult, um, but she did it. And, but because of her condition, she was not able to focus in on that. So it, you know, it, there was an indirect impact on just uh, things in in the house, including finances, including like, um, you know, paying bills and all different things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to top that off, um, as Vanessa just got out of the hospital uh, and we had to begin care for her, my mom um, got sick and she ended up in a coma. Um, and so, and my mom lives around the corner from me, my mom and dad. And so they're aging. And so all of a sudden I found myself thrusted into this caretaking role mm-hmm. um, on top of having, you know, a cup, a job, a full-time job and a, and a, my side hustle job. And, you know, I side hustle like a pro. <laughs> so, <laughs> so life became extremely overwhelming um, to the point mm-hmm. where, um, I always prided myself in like being extremely hardworking and, and I can, I always was really good at compartmentalizing and, and, um, you know, managing my time and a multitasking master, you know, is something that I would internally tell myself and I couldn't do it anymore. I really couldn't do it anymore. Like I, it, I got to the point where I needed, I got lost. I got really stuck. I didn't know who the person I would turn to was sick. I didn't want to burden Vanessa yeah. with, with with the the things that I would normally go through um and so I, I didn't know how to I didn't know how to address it and um and I think that's when I kind of felt I was most lost mm-hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that and I know that I've I've heard bits and pieces of the story um since since this has all happened and mm-hmm. I was just kind of writing down some notes myself as you were sharing. I mean, so many transitions. One from seeing your partner active and doing all these marathons and being in great shape to then, you know, seeing seeing her body shift and change to the point of, um, you know, having fallen down and ha- and then discovering this heart condition on top of that. And noticing during that time when she couldn't be at the full capabilities that she once was, also noticing the the household quote unquote duties or things that she would just take care of, and then recognizing like, oh wow, now we have this on top of everything else. You're managing, um, working a full time job, your side hustle, taking care of two kids, now caretaking for your wife. And then your mom then gets sick and is in a coma all around this same time. And, oh, I just want to acknowledge that that was just probably so much to, to hold 
for you as being where you were at and where you were in terms of the, the family and the structure and where things were at at that time. Yeah. It's a lot. It was, it was. And, and that was literally, um, you know, I think when my mom went to a coma, it was a month right before the pandemic hit too. So and then all of a sudden there was wow. that, that shift and change, you know, in particular my kids too, because they were obviously in high school, they were in the, in the throes of going through their high school experience and, and particularly my oldest, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, who was, you know, doing, who, who really struggled academically. So, you know, there's just a lot of things that emerged, right? So, and that's really what um, each, each part of that, whether it's work, whether it's, you know, being, uh, taking care of um, Vanessa, trying to be a parent for my two kids, taking care of my mom-in-law mm-hmm. who lived with us, right? Because she's also older. Right, like, right. Like all these things that require attention. I didn't, you know, there isn't enough time in the day um, to focus in on and, and kind of like work work on that. And, and, and I mm-hmm. found myself really, yeah, stuck. So, yeah. So this stuckness, because what I'm hearing you say is, during this time, the person who you would have turned to was now someone that you didn't want to burden, right? This And share these feelings of being lost and feeling stuck. So how did you sort of manage that within yourself, like in terms of your <laughs> own endurance, like resilience, like what, what did you do to support yourself during this time? I think that's a great question because I think that is uh, that I think I had to admit to myself that I needed help. Like as someone mm. who was, I'm the oldest of, you know, in my family, I, um, uh, in um, my extended, you know, this, you know, us, us Filipinos, we go big, big, right. And, and a four-year university and so I was like the the one everyone turned to to help solve people's problems and all of a sudden I have problems mm. and I know what to turn to right so it was sort yeah. of like how you know I had to acknowledge and admit I needed help and and one of the and I think the one thing that I had to you know it's so interesting being in the moment because it's hard to reflect on what you need when you have no time to reflect because then everything else is like reactionary. You're just reacting to like, okay, what do I have to deal with in this moment, in this hour, as opposed to like, yeah. what, what can I do to sort of remove some of the, the stressors that maybe that can carve out some time. And I think the smartest and best thing that I did was, you know, I was, I, I was confiding with my brother. He said, you know, Glenn, have you thought about, you know, maybe getting um, checking with a therapist? And that mm-hmm. it was such an interesting thing to hear from my brother, because I think as a, you know, I don't know if it's a Filipino thing or if it's an Asian thing. Um, I think it is because I, it's funny because we do the research about it. Like, you know, you know, like in terms of historically APIs and, and getting therapy, it's like considered a taboo. And it's funny Definitely. because I found, yeah, I found out that there were a lot more people in my immediate family who were seeing therapists, but I had never, mm. you know, it's not something, it's not something you talk about. You just sort of, they just, but the the fact that my brother encouraged me to consider that 
um, I took advantage of that. I actually went in and saw a therapist for the first time and, and, mm-hmm. and it was really fascinating to have someone external because usually when I talk to people and confide, it would be like someone like you, it would be something like our, our good, my, you know, my best friend, Scott, or right. in this case, my brother. Right. And all of a sudden having somebody outside just kind of checking in and talking about things and helping me like reflect in dedicated time, it allowed me to start making choices and, and decisions, which started to clear up some time. You know, talk, I, I, and one of the first things that they talked about was, you know, have you spoken to um, your supervisor in a, in a more intentional way? And I have that mm. relationship at work. It's something that's one of the reasons why I love what I do, because I've always created awesome work environments and I've had great supervisors. So I had a conversation and I was so overwhelmed by the support um, that I received from um, yeah. where, you know, my, my place. And I remember sitting down with the chief of staff at, um, at my institution and I barely know this person mm-hmm. and just being able to talk to her and for her to share and reflect and reciprocate and even share some things that had gone on in her life, I broke down in front of <laughs> I emotionally broke down in front yeah. of her and I needed it. I needed it because it was one of those things that I, you know, I'm, you know, you know me because of our personal relationship, you know, I'm a very emotional person, but I don't think people would know that about me on the professional level, because I think that I've always maintained a good boundary and balance. So it was the first time I really let go per se. But what I found mm-hmm. was the minute I got that, that support or that, like that, that removal of like that fear or whatever the hell it is that goes through my mind that, that does not want me to, to show that I need help. I was able to take time away from work and have a flexible work schedule so I can take care of Vanessa and start taking care of my kids and starting to identify all the issues that needed follow up, follow up on. And at the same time, go and also take care of my mom. Um, you know, cause my dad, my dad and, you know, we got a lot of help with family, so that's great, but it it's still, I was, I, I live around the corner of my mom and dad. So I was the closest in terms of proximity. So I, I would be there frequently. Um, right. So that was a big major step for me. But what it also told me was, yo, if I can talk to my boss, why am I not talking to my friends, my dearest, closest friends? Mm. So I started outreaching to people that I knew. Um, You know, I have some folks in Colorado. Um, You know some people. uh, You know the same people. Like I have some friends in Colorado who I ended up on these super long phone calls. And there was a, a, a part of me that would have said, man, that's a lot of time to be on a phone call. But the two-hour investment in these phone calls made a huge difference because it started to do something in my brain and my body that allowed me to just sort of like, okay, emotionally release. And there was this sort of like moments of clarity because it, maybe in that two-hour, you know, there would be like, sound advice that I can follow or I can reflect on that I can, I can do. And the, the crazy part of it all is because these were people that I can confide and talk with. These were the same people who went, I start to realize they too could help and 
and and create opportunities to help me also take a break like and that's right. and that's that's the 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 um the thing that I did not expect because all of a sudden, for example, this is a great example. Um, I think it was, there was a period of time after the pandemic, you know, because, you know, my wife's health still not the greatest and, you know, and it's a constant, um, there, there, uh, we, we live a different lifestyle now because of that. Um, but, right. but one of the crazy things is like, you know, my friends would be like, Hey, um, send the kids and Vanessa to Colorado and what was supposed to be like a one week vacation became almost like a month plus break. Mm -hmm. Like my kids basically went to summer camp in in Colorado and Vanessa um, was out there and cared for by some of our dearest, closest friends. And it allowed me to just focus in on getting things in order back home. Right. Right. Um, and I had to just lean. I think you you actually taught me this. Like I know when you're going through some of your transitions, about mm-hmm. leaning into your circle, and leaning into yeah. your friends. So all of a sudden, I had this cocktail of support. Like I had um, a therapist, and I had my closest, dearest friends and family who I can check in with, and that became so important for me to just then go about life because if I got stuck as I'm trying to figure problems out, I would tell them and they would share what they knew. And that was really right. cool. That was right. And, and I'm, it was so shocking to me because I give this advice all the time. You know me, I connect people to people, but I never really mm-hmm. follow up when I make the connection, but I figure magic is happening on those, in those areas. I never thought to use that same formula that I ad- advise to give other people on myself. Like I have to realize that yeah. I connect with others. There's magic that will come out of it because pe- these are people who who care for me, who love me, who love my family. But I never thought about I never thought about it that way. As funny as it sounds, someone who's in this field, I never thought of it that way. Yeah, the field of working in higher education, working so closely with students and those who are caring for students at universities and colleges right and i think sometimes what happens correct me if i'm wrong but for myself you know Mm -hmm. i I was in that profession as well that's how we met um and i continue to be in spaces and in positions where i help and foster other people's growth and development, right? And their healing process, whatever that means for that individual. And I find that sometimes for those of us who are in these helping positions, that sometimes we don't know how to care for ourselves in the same way, right? Or we're the last people (laughs) on the end of the spectrum to get the care that we are advocating for, for others. So you know, as you were sharing parts of your story, some of the things that I noted here was that you did make time for therapy. And that was almost, you know, the release valve of, I'm going to let someone in into Mm -hmm. what my world has been. And it has been difficult, right? right? So there was the first touch point of finding professional help around this. And then the 
you know, reaching out to friends and family to get that clarity, to get that emotional release and to get that connection and help care for others in a way in which, like you said, kids were in Colorado, Vanessa was there and, um, as well. And you took that month to kind of get your mind right, quote unquote, and to maybe get your heart right in terms of what is next. You know what I find interesting, Glenn, and all that you shared about even during that time, I think you still didn't mention that this time was also for you. <laughs> no, that is, that's, that's, <laughs> that's very, very real. And it's, and it's interesting, right? Because, and I don't know if that's a, if I'm hardwired that way, but, but you are correct, right? Like, I did need to take time just for me. And I think that's sort of what has transpired over the last several years since, um, you know, uh, you know, through the pandemic, really actually after the pandemic, because the pandemic, that's, that's almost like a different type of like, that's the thing that we all mm-hmm. were going through. But there was a, yeah. you know, but because Vanessa's health condition still continues to this day, right? Um, right. I've had to, I've had to, approach life differently and I feel like so much more well-balanced but some of the big changes is I don't need to do everything you know work is important but it isn't this it isn't the um, most important thing Um, it's Mm -hmm. sort of like going back and remembering what are the most important values that I have and to your point um, why I care so much about other people is because my values are my values since I was you know and you've known this for a long time Family relationships, loyalty, um, and and um, and stability. And if you uh, and when I say stability, I mean like financial, family stability, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you think about those values, it's always outward. It's always about mm. caring for other people. It relationships requires <laughs> more than just myself. It's my relationship with other people, my relationship with my family, all of that was most centered. But I never really focused in on just my self-care and I didn't even know mm-hmm. what that meant anymore but I think in part because I think that really be, is also tied to the fact that when you become a parent all of a sudden your life becomes about your kids it doesn't really become like you know when I was younger you know I did a lot of fun things and you know that um, but when I got older all of a sudden <laughs> it was like how yeah. do I create fun with my kids or with Vanessa or with my friends right uh, so self-care for me became really important and that meant all of a sudden I would do like I would go on little weekend getaways with some my brother or my or, you know my friends, um, not and not include my kids and not include Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and it sounds like oh it's, you're like ditching them and I, that's how I felt in the beginning, but mm-hmm. I realized but I realized when I took time to take care of myself, there's a sense of renewal. I felt a little more refreshed and I come back super just excited to like just check in how was your weekend you know like and you know like or just have the energy to be mentally present um uh mm, for yeah. those closest to me right and it's really interesting to be able you know there's always a thing like sometimes when you just go and hang out with people who uh like n- outside my nuclear family but just spending time with other people and just to be able to be to laugh, let loose, connect. Um, it was hard at the beginning to do that because I felt like, oh, I should be with my family. But 
I start to realize that the benefits of just being like refreshed and renewed did wonders for even them. And I also realized my kids needed a break from me. And Vanessa also wanted a break from me because I can be very, you know, like I can be overwhelming (laughs) of like, I want to do everything. I want to be the caretaker. And sometimes they're like, dude, caretaker, take a day off. (laughs) So, right. That's right. real so like, We don't need you to be on today. That's that's <laughs> real. Like, and so because if you're if you're on all the time, what my I think Vanessa also said this to me too, that when you're on nonstop, you know, you know, I too can have bad days, and I too can you know be short on patience, and I'm a very patient person, but then whether I realize it or not, my tone of voice my um my body language um the pace that i want to get things done impacts other people too even and they'll know my intent is good but the impact may be like like not good so i had to i had to to maneuver those that the impacts that i that i've that i've had on other people like not and that's multiple people in my household you know that's like my kids my parents my siblings, you know, and even my friendships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really curious about this point in your life, right? Mm-hmm. I know that one of your kids is going away to college in the fall mm-hmm. and, um, and there's going to be another one that will be soon after that. Right. And we've talked about this before of, what is life like once the kids move out and once you start transitioning to this next phase of life? And I'm hearing what you just shared around, you know, I'm really prioritizing self-care. I find myself, you know, more mentally present now, now that I do take time away from caretaking for others. I don't need to do everything. I don't need to be the king multitasker as you once were. And I'm curious how that is shaping your life now or as you look into the next like year or two, how do you want things to be different moving forward? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a great question. And I think I'm still trying to figure that out, but I can tell you Mm -hmm. the the, the, the most important shift or change that I've made in my life is how I'm allocating my time. I am mm-hmm. choosing to do things that I am passionate about. And in the past, if somebody presented an opportunity to me and it sounded semi-cool or cool or had potential, I would just jump at it, right? And I'd find myself like involved in like 10, 15, 20 different things. And I've always felt like I can always figure out how to manage all that stuff. But now it's sort of like, what is it that I really truly want to do, right? Yeah. And so I think about like, what are the things that I truly need to do that still line up with my values? So a value of mine is still financial stability, right? Because, you know, I'm getting older, I'm getting closer to retirement and I'm trying to figure out like, am I in a place to, you know, retire? And the reality is for me, it is. But I think it's because Mm -hmm. I've been doing the work and spending time to figure that out. That then leads to then what am I doing to take care of, you know, like to, to, to have fun. And it's interesting because fun now for me is changed because, you know, we're not doing 
like, Vanessa, where are we going to go next? Because I know you wanted to do a marathon. Let's do a marathon. You should do a marathon in some really cool city. Let's go travel, right? That That's changed a little bit because obviously Vanessa is not doing right. marathons anymore. So we're looking at different types of vacations that um, allow us to both enjoy. And sometimes it means we're not going to we vacation, but she might do her own thing. And I might do my my own thing. Like right now, I think you mentioned in the beginning. I'm in I'm in San Diego Comic Con, right? And mm-hmm. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be at the con. My wife <laughs> is not gonna be at the con. Yeah, but, yeah. But she's not going over there. Exactly. But it's San Diego. She is with um, her emotional support animal, and I don't even know what her <laughs> schedule looks like, but I know it's gonna be perfect for her. And I was cool with that. And I'm gonna be doing my own thing because. I'm going to be, you know, geeking out and hanging out with a lot of different people, just doing my thing. But then, you know, so vacations look different. Um, you know, instead of like picking so many different things I'm involved with, like I'll choose the things I'm really, I really like, enjoy doing. Like, you know, this, I think some of your listeners may not, uh, know this if, you know, if there's some crossover, but you know, I have a podcast, um, I, old mm-hmm. friends of mine and we focus in on higher education topics and one of the stipulations of this project that that I'm doing is that I get to choose the topics of my episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that allows me to still be engaged and, you know, I love my field. I love what I do. But it's really cool to be able to learn more about uh, my field as a lifelong learner on topics that I want to learn more about and not feel like obligated right. to do other stuff. So that's been really kind of cool. And then I think the interesting thing is, you know, as I'm getting older, my body is not the same. You know that I love play sports and all that stuff. I can't do that mm-hmm. anymore, right? I played indoor soccer, you know, until I was like in my early 40s. But, you know, shoulder surgeries and like, you know, like ankle ailments. And now it's mm-hmm. like, okay, what can I do that's active? But yeah. doesn't like further exacerbate my, my, my body. So. I'm exploring right. new things, you know, and I'm not exactly too sure what is that. Somebody's told me, do pickleball, but I'm like, I don't know. You know, pickleball. I, I play oh. tennis, so pickleball. Folks go cool. hard on pickleball, man. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I, I see, I, I was watching a couple of things on YouTube. I'm like, oh, that looks really fun. But boy, there's a lot of bending and my back's going to be like, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, but see, but th- that's the big difference. That's the big difference is that I'm being so thoughtful about what I want to do. And I'm not right do it. In the past, I'd just jump right into it. Like, I'd be like, mm. pick a ball? All right. Go, I would go to, like, you know, um, yeah. sporting goods store and just buy the set without right. even knowing. Now it's like, let's think about this, right? You know, yeah. and so... I think well, there's that's... a mindfulness to it, right? Like, Ugh. that's what I think you're describing. There's a mindfulness of, let me check in with my body. Let me check in with how I'm mm-hmm. feeling about this, right? Rather than just like, boom, let's rush out and do the thing, whatever the mm-hmm. thing is. And I don't know. I find that as well, like, as you, you know, or for a lot of us, for those of us getting older, I guess we all are. But for those of us in our 40s and beyond, I think there is this sense of how do I want to spend my time? Like if we kind of take the 10,000 foot view, right? Like what Mm -hmm. you've been describing is mindfulness around what do we want to do in this one precious life that we have in these bodies, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, am I aligned with my values? 
um, is this going to break my back further? <laughs> you know, how can I, how can I spend, you know, more valuable and maybe interconnected time with those that I love instead of rushing out and doing all the things that look shiny and glowy and everyone else is doing perhaps. Right. I don't know. Yeah. There, there, there's just like a, a, there's a deciphering, there's a mindfulness that I hear you talking, talking now about how you want to approach life. I think oh my great. goodness. Like, that is so well summarized because I think I never actually, that's the, the, I actually love that word because it really does capture just sort of my approach now, the mindfulness of things. I mean, like here's a, another interesting example when uh, that popped into my head as you were talking, what I eat, mm-hmm. right? Like, Mm, I am yes. so more attentive to what I'm eating and what I'm putting into my body. When I was younger, it's like whatever, right? It's like right. I think that I think there was a point in my life where I'm like, let's try every fast food out there, right? Like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I remember sometimes that, multiple times a day. I know. I remember. <laughs> remember. Remember that movie Harold and Kumar? I think it's sort of like that. That yeah. raunchy side. I and I never knew about White Castle, right? And all of a sudden, it became a thing. I got to try White Castle. So I can't, you know, whenever right. we travel, I'm like, okay, you know, I'll try to figure out if there's a White Castle. And I would just eat with reckless abandon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I remember Arby's did an ad. And I'm like, whoa, what's Arby's? Like, that's, that's... And I remember having an Arby, like, phase in my life. There's just r- random crap and shit like that, right? Now it's like... You gotta get that roast beef. Gotta now get that like, roast beef. <laughs> I, now I'm like exploring plant-based foods. I mean, right. thank, thank goodness right. for, you know, for online and or just Google, because I'm just Googling shit all the time. It's like, okay, what can I eat? What's healthy? <laughs> what tastes good? Okay, I don't like this. I won't have this again, right? Like, you right. know, but I'm willing right. to experiment with healthier options, right? And, um, but it's, but the mindfulness, going back to what you just said, the mindfulness and the intention of what I'm doing has just things so much better. And, um, but I think what's interesting is you all, you know, it's going back to this mindfulness is also something I'm not just keeping to myself anymore. I'm talking Mm. about, right? Like, you know, you know, and it's interesting, even like this podcast in a way, I, I feel like I'm. I'm talking to a therapist all of a sudden, which is important, right? <laughs> and but the therapist yeah, obviously yeah. is not a therapist, and all your listeners. <laughs> yes. So, so yeah, no, but well, I think I that's, think, that's yeah. important. Yeah. Well, and I think you know part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to shine a light on people's stories that we don't often share publicly or to a large group of people, maybe a small circle may know these circumstances. And I think there's so much power that can happen when we let go of some of the shame, some of the, you know, I don't want to talk about it for whatever reason that we may have. And I, and I get that some people may not be as open about, sharing certain things in their life. But what I have found, and in my talking with my coaching clients, or even talking to friends, when they reveal something about their lives that they may not have shared before, they're like, oh, my body has just released. Like, you know, you talked about that emotional release that you had in, you know, in talking with your boss, for example, a few years ago, and letting her in on what was going on with you. 
there's something about that that's so powerful in sharing our stories that we may have felt some, you know, shame or we may have felt like, I don't know what to do with this. So therefore I'm not going to broadcast this out um, to a large group of people. But for me, at least I have found that when I've been able to release some of that, whatever I've been holding on to and to share what has been going on with me, that that's like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I don't give power to that anymore. I'm giving power back to myself Mm -hmm. in, in sharing that with people who could, you know, potentially like it could be helpful to them or it's just a way for me to connect in a more vulnerable and authentic way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just find that to be super important. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So, so as we wrap up, I'd love for you to share maybe, you know, other wisdom nuggets that you have as it relates to, you know, if people in the audience, if the listeners, if they may be struggling with an aging parent or, you know, if they're caretaking for a loved one or, you know, if they're trying to not be a uh, the king or queen multitasker in their lives and want to be more mindful, just all of the pieces of yourself that you shared today in this episode, what wisdom would you share with others who may be struggling with something similar like you mm-hmm. shared, Glenn? So I think to summarize, to summarize my thoughts on that question is that especially if, you know, like what I was hoping people would capture is that as a, a little bit about my essence um, and how I've gone about life. I've always felt very independent. I've always felt that I can solve any problem. I can, I, I, I have a lot of confidence in being able to figure things out. And I came across a situation in my life that was unexpected that kicked my ass. Mm-hmm. And the advice that I get would give to other people or, you know, if they can take away is that um, you don't have to do it alone. There's help, whether right. it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I think ther- therapy is great. I think that, um, I think family, I think you have to sometimes take a risk, especially, um, you know, as we move into just this world, the way it's, it's, it is, is that lean on other people is my advice to other people. And if you, um, if you don't have somebody that you can, I think that's, that's, that's something that I would look to explore is like get, you know, seek, you know, assistance from a therapist or, you know, friends or somebody you can lean and talk to, get advice from. And mm-hmm. I think it just makes things a little bit better. So you don't feel alone um, and you get, you know, two minds, three minds, four minds are better than one. Um, and, and know that um, it's okay to be struggling and it's okay to um, be okay with those weaknesses and to share it because I think that I was always like, I don't want people to know. And I think that's a Filipino thing, right? Or it's an mm-hmm. Asian thing. And the reality is, but if you keep that balled up, it's just going to destroy you. It was destroying me. And yeah. so, you know, now I'm just, I'm okay with talking about it because I can think authentically but can you practice that authentic thinking? Um, mm. and, and, you know, 
that's a it sounds very simple but i think when you are dealing with the things that you're used to doing the values you were taught maybe growing up you know maybe it's cultural maybe it's how your parents raised you um and for me it that it was both you know um it limits um your your strategies for resolving the things in your in in, in your in your life so just be open to new ways of figuring things out especially if you're just used to doing it a certain way so that's my advice beautifully said i was about to add on to that i'm like no i don't think so i think what glenn said was was a perfect mic drop to end this conversation so thank you so much let's give it up for dr glenn de guzman thank you so much for being here today and sharing parts of your story sharing your your heart and your thinking with us and strategies of how you move through your rubble moment and so i just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for having this conversation and and for all the listeners who tuned in today so thanks glenn thanks for having me on love you love you too All right. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Grounded in Wisdom. I hope you found inspiration and courage and a renewed sense of possibility through the incredible stories that were shared here today. Remember, your journey is filled with tons of potential and the ability to move through life's challenges that come your way. If you enjoyed this episode and want to continue exploring the power of personal stories, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, and I would love it if you could leave a review. Your feedback means so much to me and the rest of the team, and it helps us really reach more people who could benefit from these transformative conversations. And finally, remember that your story matters. You have the strength within yourself to move through and even overcome life's biggest challenges. You could even heal your inner critic and learn to become the best version of yourself. Trust in your journey and keep shining the light within yourself to the rest of the world. This has been the Grounded in Wisdom podcast with your host, Annalyn Cruz. If you're ready to take your own journey of self-discovery and transformation to the next level, feel free to visit my website at groundedinwisdom.co to learn more about my coaching and facilitation offerings that I provide the community. Thanks so much and have a beautiful rest of your day and night.